Left to Us Recap. I'm Britt. I'm Tim. And today we are recapping Married at First Sight, Season 14, Episode 10. Mighty, Mighty Boston Bonds. I think that's a play on the ska band, Mighty, Mighty Boston's. It's a lot of words to say. Yes, so many words for a title. They just kind of phoned it in on the title this week. (laughs) So this week was Intimacy Week. And I think that maybe we were all a little concerned based on what everybody has been going through that we were just like jumping into sex. But I was really, really pleasantly surprised that Dr. Viv really took like the more overarching theme of intimacy in all of its forms and how they're all interconnected. Um, And that like really put me at ease. I thought she did an amazing job this week with the couples. I think it needs to be said, Dr. Viviana is the only licensed therapist of this panel of, quote, experts. And I've actually heard some rumors that there's going to be one expert that isn't going to be here next season. And everybody thinks it's going to be her because that tends to be the role that has been um, like cycled out over the years. And oh, I'm Oh, I did not know this. I'm super disappointed about it because I'm like, I just feel like Dr. Viviana is so good at her job and she's so essential to this team. Like I love, I honestly, for all the flack we give them for like what they miss, I truly do like genuinely like all of these experts um, and think that they contribute cool shit. But if we're honest, like Dr. Pepper is probably the least engaged I don't know. It just bugs. Is it just me or are they, does it seem like they're watching more behind the scenes before they meeting with the couple? They're definitely talking about watching it more. Okay. Yeah. I've, I've noticed that too. And I wonder, I almost think that it's something they've done intentionally because people on Twitter and stuff over recent seasons have like really come for the experts. Like, where are the experts? Where are the experts? What's wrong with the experts? And I think that that's their way of being like, okay, we're way more involved than you think, which I mean, I'm here for that. I think it also just random. So when I posted a preview of Wednesday night's episode, I think I posted it Wednesday or Tuesday on Instagram. It got immediately flagged and taken down for violating Instagram community guidelines. And I even read them in detail what they were supposed to, it's like, no, they didn't. And I submitted it for review and it still got denied, which I find very bizarre. Who do we need to call? I don't know. Do I need to write a letter? Big Brother is watching. Okay, it goes without saying, this week was so jam-packed. Like, the amount of notes I have Like, because we just, we touched on so many different aspects. Like, a lot of them did the intimacy questions. And then some of them did extra intimacy activities, like, outside. And then Dr. Viviana met with each couple and everything that came with that. And then they all got their sex baskets and did, like, the fun, funny stuff. So it was like, there's so much here. It's a little overwhelming. Yeah, absolutely. So... We're obviously fresh on like Elijah Wan's most unattractive week yet, where most of us felt like, oh, Elijah Wan is 100% an emotional abuser. This is frightening. This is awful to watch. This isn't even fun. I have to say, to fast forward a bit, I continue to be 
I mean, I just feel like I really went on a roller coaster with them. And like, again, Elijah Wan at After Party, is he just, has he come so far since all of this? Or is he amazing at this thing, which is presenting to the public in a way that is really charming? Because like, I feel like I fall for it every time. And I'm like, am I getting duped? Or has this man actually seen some extreme growth in the last three to six months that we don't know about yet? Yeah, I mean, uh, I was annoyed. And then I watched After Party and was like, okay, he's kind of like getting me back a little bit here. Here's the thing. He said in After Party, sorry, like I think this speaks to the episode. So we're going to jump a little bit into After Party here. But he talks about, he makes this joke at his own behest about how he's dramatic, yeah. you know, and that kind of gives me a little bit more insight into all of this, uh, his relationship with Katina. I think everything he does at a hundred, yeah. even if he's not fully, that's not truly fully how he feels. He takes it to the next level and then things get he's dealt with emotional. on that level. Yes. And then he's okay because he's not really at that level. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like, it gives more insight right. like, to he made the a joke. Like, Keisha put him on the spot about something he said. I think when he was rating the relationship, and he was like, "I mean, if I was ever at a one, I would just like give up." And she's like, "Really? You wouldn't?" And he's like, "Look, I'm really dramatic, and I know that." And like, laughed about it. And then he also later said something about like kind of grouping him and Lindsay in together and basically admitted that they both are obsessed with their, they're the kind of people that get obsessed with their partner and really, really care about not messing up, but <laughs> in essence, continue to mess up and don't do the best job at practicing the new thing that they need to practice for their partner. Yeah, so, they are kind of similar in that ways. Uh, like all of this for me just gives more insight into the like the whole gym activity that he did with her at the very beginning mm -hmm. and the horse and it's like not my approach probably maybe not the best approach but you're taking this f far farther than it needs to go i don't know to try well, to, to does where, that make sense yes but i guess where i hit a wall is at the end of the day elijah Wan is a big muscly man who yells when he's upset and like that's fucking intimidating and that has to be taken into account like you like yes him and Lindsay have a lot of similarities but is mark ever afraid for i mean he maybe yeah maybe no, there's times that he's afraid of her but he's never afraid she's gonna physically hurt him or you know what i mean yeah and i feel like that is where this differs and, like, we've already acknowledged that Lindsay's behavior is so often not okay for its own reasons. So then you add that element on top of it, and I just... Mixed with Katina's background yes. of people that she's dated, you need to be probably a little bit more conscious of yes. that. Yes, yeah. and that's where I'm like, if you are on camera and can't control this, then what is happening when the cameras aren't there, you know? So, I, I, bottom line, we're both saying that we're both a little torn. And we don't know what to think because we know how we felt after last week. And I know how I felt about some shit he said this week. So I guess let's just get into it. So we open with her 
oh, this killed me. We open with her talking about how she feels really bad that he doesn't know how much she cares about being his wife, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, are you kidding me? Thankfully, Dr. Viviana comes pretty much right away. So I loved Dr. Viviana really did not let him get out of this one. And she was like, so why is it every time I hear about something happening with you guys, it's about food and cooking? And he's like, I know, I know. What can I say? You know, it's like, don't act like he acts like the cooking and the food thing. He's like, I know it's crazy. It's just we can't figure it out as if it's not completely driven by him, you know? And I loved that Dr. Viviana was like, so how did, how did you eat before you were married? (laughs) And he's like, well, I mean, I would grab on the go and grab on the go, but now I have a wife, you know, I have a wife. And she's like, why does that matter? And he's like, it's impacting our marriage. No shit, you idiot. It's impacting your marriage because you decided it will. Because you said this is a deal breaker. And then he starts going into his circle talking where he like breaks her down on the side. And he's like, you know, I just really want you to start thinking about us. But I love that Dr. Viviana like would constantly stop him. A lot of redirecting. Yes. And she's like, okay, wait. So are you saying that she doesn't think about you? Because something tells me she's always thinking about you. Then he implies she's lazy. That set me over the edge. He's, she's lazy and he needs to see that she cares and it's triggering when she doesn't. It It just goes into like a word vomit at this point. I was like, stop talking. Diatribe. But then she keeps pushing and Katina ends up admitting like, it makes me scared that someone will leave as soon as I screw up. And she's crying and it's heartbreaking, again, because you can see that she really does not like to cry. And she says, I feel like someone's beating up on me. And, like, having someone, being with someone who calls out insecurities you already have, like, relentlessly is really exhausting. It makes me feel like I'm not good enough. The whole time, he's just sitting there looking at her with this, like, smug look on his face. Like, he's doesn't give a shit. There's no like warmth or compassion that this stirs in him. And that is also disturbing to me. Well, in the midst of this word alphabet soup that he's going on and on, this is one of the things that really bothers me about Elajuan is he, Viviana is asking him questions about the marriage and he automatically keeps saying, oh, she knows that I care about it. She knows, she oh. knows, she knows that. It's one of my biggest pet peeves. Yes, that he does. it really bothers me. I'm like, you guys have been together for three weeks. You do not, how can you know that she feels so secure in this marriage? Right. Like, stop, stop speaking like for her. together for three years. Stop speaking for her. You haven't had this long history that she can fall back on and feel right. secure and comforted in this marriage. Right. No, we are not there yet. You cannot keep saying, oh, she knows that. She knows how yeah, I feel about it. you haven't earned that. No, exactly. So anyway, yeah, so I just, then he, yeah. totally. And then he gets into, you're my wife. There's just going to be things expected to be done, you know? And he's like, 
his only acknowledgement is like, Katina, uh, bleh. Dr. Viviana is like, are you hearing what she's saying? And he's like, yeah, I need to work on my tone. And she's like, is, is there anything else? He's like, in my demeanor. Like he's acting like a teenage boy <laughs> and he doesn't mean any of it in the moment. He's really irritated because again, it always comes back to her and what she's doing wrong. So Dr. Viviana then proceeds because he's not letting down. Like he's like not taking in what she's saying. She keeps trying to hint. Like it tells me that you have a belief system. I'm getting that you have a belief system about what a wife and or marriage is supposed to be. And I want to investigate that with you because it might actually be hurting you. Every time she tries to go there, he's like, no, 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 no. It's just what it is. It's just like, he's just like, it's facts. It's not a belief. And it's like, oh my God, Elijah Wan. So then she finally is like, okay, this was an expectation that was taught to you. And you are going to be divorced several times in your life. I don't know how I'm going to help you. If you have an archaic idea of like this, of what makes a good wife, like this relationship is too precious and fragile. And if it's all hinging on cooking and cleaning, you will not make it with anybody. Period. Period. And I was, I loved that. This is where we take a turn. And I'm really curious what your thoughts are on this. So then all of a sudden, it's not about the cooking or the cleaning anymore. It's all about the principle to him. And this is something that got touched on a little bit in After Party that the comedian brought up, which was, and I think I talked about it a little bit last week. Like there is this, this is the fucked up part about this experiment, is you're getting married and immediately taking on all of the responsibility and commitment of marriage. And yet you don't know them yet. And so you're simultaneously trying to vet this person in real time while you're also trying to apply, again, commitment, trust, all of these things that a marriage requires. And like there, there is clearly like an area of that where those things like don't quite work together because what happens is because you have no trust, you have no history beyond the last three weeks. Each thing that happens that you don't like, because you're viewing it through that vetting lens, it can get conflated with like <gasps> giant red flag. Is this who you are all the time? Is this how you deal with everything? And it's so hard because it's like simultaneously, you're supposed to be giving your partner the benefit of the doubt. You're supposed to be assuming the best in them, all this shit. But that's really hard to do like when you also didn't know them 21 days ago. And so you're every bad thing that happens, it's easy to overly fixate and ruminate and grow it into something big because there is a chance that it is a part of something big, right? I think what's happening is we're getting caught in the details of things and conflating them. And I think one of the things that Viviana did, Dr. Viv did a good job of doing is going beyond the surface level minutia yeah. and trying to see it, what's the underlying thing here. Now, there are some details that we're arguing about that need to just be pushed on through. Like we're going to get into Michael and Jasmina, but this 
talking about communicating so much and this mm -hmm. photo, it, it just that we need that's a detail. There's more going on on the surface here. We need to move beyond that. I do think it's important to investigate and have a real conversation about what his views of husband and wife are because yes. I think that we're like we're gonna keep it gets, hitting we're gonna that. keep hitting it and we keep talking about it. And, you know, I understand what Dr. Viviana was trying to get at by going underneath that. And he, he like, his whole point is I feel like when I'm giving a hundred and express how I feel and I'm being open and vulnerable, I'm not getting anything from you. And that's scary. She helped him like work through that. To me, that doesn't really fully answer no. what this whole view of I need the house clean, I need a hot meal when I come home. Like it's definitely multi-pronged. It is. Because so, yeah. That's kind of my take on it. I think there are some things that it's like we need to not get hung up on this. But I do think this is a big enough thing that we need to spend a little bit more time exploring it. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe you're right. Like Dr. Vivian is like, okay, I've explored everything I can about the belief system at this point, And he's not quite budging on that. So let me try a new angle. But I was just a little put off because suddenly he's tearing up. And now it's about, I can't grow if I don't know how you feel, which I really like. I don't know. I just feel like he's always putting the onus of everything on her. Um, but he did say it's, I point these things out because it's just an excuse. Like it's all excuses. It's really, you aren't opening up to me. And that is what's driving me crazy. But something that I put is how is she supposed to feel safe to be vulnerable with you? If she's always at risk of failing your fucking tests and of getting cut down by you. Well, he says, it's not about the cooking and cleaning. It's about the vulnerability. And I'm like, these aren't. They're not in the same boat. Like, I don't, like, I don't know. It's I can like, see a world where someone who needs a lot of verbal validation and, like, needs a lot of, like, real-time verbal processing, if they're not getting it, a more emotionally immature, ang like, angle to take in reaction to that is to basically, what like, pick, provoke, like trying to get any reaction out of them, right? Like it's not the right thing to do, but can I see, can I connect that dot and see that some people might do that as like what they feel is the only way to get what they want, which is any emotional reaction at all? Yes, but I'm like, but you're also, if you have not made her feel safe and this is exact, I mean, it's not exactly because they're very different people, but similar with Michael and Jasmina, this frustration I had Jasmine is like, you're not giving me anything. I don't know where you emotionally stand. And she keeps missing the point until the very end praise, which is, are you cultivating an environment that is safe enough for him to be truly vulnerable? Because true vulnerability means that you might not always hear the thing that you want to hear. And if that person is terrified of you blowing up on them or name calling or rolling your eyes the whole time that you speak your vulnerable truth, then maybe they're not going to, especially again, if they have a past with abusive partners who made them feel small and then you're just doing more of the same. It doesn't matter what, what place it's coming from inside of you. I mean, even abusers were little kids once and their fucked up behavior is coming from a place of need or lack 
that doesn't mean it's okay, you know? So that's why I feel like, yeah, just torn about some of the areas we explored. I think that it was important that some of this stuff come out, but I I still was sort of giving him side eye, like. (laughs) And even an after party, he kind of still doubles down on this cooking and cleaning thing. I mean, it's hard because you, there's all these women from Keisha to uh, Dr. Viv, you know, who are all saying, this is an archaic view. And, and, you know, Dr. Viv was like, I can't, I I can't do anything with this Mm -hmm. if you're going to. And so I think that's her way of saying like, there's not enough time for (laughs) us. You know, like I would personally much rather get into this cultivating vulnerable spaces conversation than keep talking about the cooking and cleaning. And I, I think it is a time issue. Like yeah, I, I don't. Oh's gonna keep bringing it up. You're right, gonna, but we don't have a choice. You're right. You're right. So, but I, I mean, it's like we he we don't have enough time for him to go to individual therapy sessions about learning what breaking down what he was taught about gender roles or how it right. plays out in two, 2022. Right. Like, right. We need to get at, <laughs> you know it, but it's weird because it is in our eyes such a big yeah picture. And it's not it's a big just deal. Disappear. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, I did appreciate that at the end, Dr. Viviana, I mean, she, so then she did put a little bit on Katina and was like, look, if he can't know you, if you keep holding back and, and like, you clearly get that Katina is afraid to like be fully open with him. Of course, in my mind, for a lot of justified reasons, but she ultimately looks at Katina as like, we cannot operate from a place of fear anymore. Like I beg of you. And so I really like that she acknowledged that because I do think, like we've talked about, I think that that's been a bit, no matter how cute they've seemed, you can always sense that she's performing a little bit and trying not to get in trouble and trying to get an A+. And that's just not sustainable. So I really hope that there is a shift for her. And then, of course, next thing is she sets up this whole cute movie night because... She has to woo him. Katina has to woo him and prove herself to him. A lot of woo talk this week. Yeah, lots of woo talk. I do... Some Elijah Wan has a habit of even when his needs are being met, he gives these side dig compliments that are never... uh, There's just always a little bit of a mansplaining patronizingness to the way that he compliments so, like, I don't know, just even, like, he's so touched by it, which is sweet. But he's like, oh, it just takes my breath because it means that you actually listen. He later says some stuff like, he just, he says some compliments like, wow, you really did it. I knew you could. Yeah. Or, like, it's I like wonder she can if make you could. popcorn. And put on Netflix. Like, <laughs> come on, bro. Like, it's... <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but I get, get what you're what saying. saying. Oh, just totally. Like side totally. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I can't with it. And even later, so then we get sex basket time, which is obviously mostly just fun. But even that, he's like in his interview and he's like, I got to finally make my wife be vulnerable. Make my wife? Like, you are not God. Like, well, you are not the reason. Like... God forbid you acknowledge that maybe she possessed all of these qualities already and it was a matter of her building trust in you to show you those sides of her. You didn't make her do anything and the fact that you're proud of this idea that you made, like you're responsible for it, 
it just irks me and goes back, in my opinion, to some of his archaic gender role mentality, which is that, like, he is the god, the leader, the, like, he's in charge of everything in the home, including how she acts. And I'm just like, you're always just missing the mark, bro. Put very simply, Olajuwon has not, and, you know, we have to remember this is a crazy show. There's a lot going on, but it's a short time frame. He has not transferred from I to we yet. But he said that about her, which is hilarious. But I know. his version of we I know, but is I led. Everything is so, I was writing in my notes, everything is so I, I, I yeah. in the way that he talks. It, one of my biggest like pet peeves in... Like the workplace or in following sports or coaching, it's all, it's when the quote leaders mm-hmm. always use my and I. It drives me, it's my team, my, oh, my teachers, my staff, right. my, it really, it tells me so them. much about how you see like your place in a relationship, in a working relationship. Mm-hmm. And I just think he's stuck. He hasn't translated to the we and our yet. Yeah. And in his mind, she hasn't done that. But it's evident with the language that he chooses to use that everything is I, I, I. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, when you are single and you get thrust from single to a marriage, Mm -hmm. you can see how it's going to take longer than... Yes. Three weeks to get there. Some people are better at it than others. It's not something that I don't think he has gotten yet. And I think it's exacerbated by his outdated exactly. way of viewing what marriage is, which he thinks is like some institution from a movie in 1955 where the man runs the entire show. And it's like, so his, I just... Even if he were, like, yeah, his whole sense of what we is, is still him-centered, you know? Um, It it was 1956, a couple podcasts ago. We're going back in time. It's 1955 now. It could be 1922. It could be basically any time until about a few years ago. Um, Please explain. Does anyone want or enjoy their belly being massaged? With such ferocity. Like, I thought you were are you trying get... to make her poop or are you trying to tickle her? It's one or the other. I don't understand how that could be hot. Like, and she's cackling and I don't see how you could not be cackling unless you're like the one percent of person that is not ticklish. Yeah. It's like, let's, let's work out this small intestine blockage. <laughs> um, I thought but you were going to. first massage. Period. Which is really, honestly, upsetting. And she deserves the back massage like 100 million times over. So I was happy that she got that. I thought you were going to start talking about body shots. Because we need to oh talk. We need to, we need to put in. Uh, this is going to be an aside here. Uh, <laughs> we need to like get into body shots. We need to stop acting like body shots are somehow like a characteristic of long-term couples. Like... Okay, I'm going to ask you. Everyone out there in the the sphere, the stratosphere, are you all giving your husbands and wives body shots? This is what I'm dying to talk about. Okay, first of all, have you ever gotten a body shot or taken a body shot? Has anyone body shotted? I don't think so. Okay, me neither. 
Let's do body shots this weekend. That's fine, but okay. this is something that I want to say. I have no interest in slurping liqueur out of your bare belly button. Well, this is that the next fuzz in it. This is the next no, point I wanted if I'm to gonna address. Do it, we're putting the shot glass in your belly button and it's a cute little moment. Blah blah. Like okay. fuck no, I'm not like the slurping the of the Tito's? Tito's out of her belly button. Okay, I I I like Tito's. Tito's is good. I don't know. It's going to be a while until I have Tito's. (laughs) After seeing Tito's slurped from- It was literally like- I was like, no. No, no, no. (laughs) Like, is there fuzzies in there? Exactly. It's just not- It could smell? Yeah. I mean, how deep is the belly button? There's too many- You got to do it the Stephen Noy way, where just put the shot glass on the tummy- Take it. Call it a day. Call it a day. I just, I'm like, <laughs> do most people, like, I want to know, like, what are people's takes on how, what the type of body shot yeah, what is? Are like, everyone's takes? do we pour in, in belly buttons? Do we, like, okay, I'll, some people have like some concave in between their chest, in mm, between their mm-hmm. chest bone. Do we pour the liqueur in the concave of the chest bone? Or is it just a tummy related <laughs> I, no, thing? No, you can do a body shot anywhere, but I don't know how many spots are prime. I mean, do you do a body shot in an eardrum? Probably not. That seems dangerous. I don't know. I mean, it's how just about like. an armpit? No. Let's pull. Let's put out a pull. <laughs> I'm just fat. I just think it's so funny. It's like this. all these intimacy things are nothing that happens on a. regular or semi-regular basis no one's doing the. i mean it's i think it's designed yeah i think it's designed for it to be supposed to like integrate some like sexy things from whatever people you know whether it's i don't know they just want you to dabble in a bunch yeah and like the whipped cream and strawberries like isn't as funny as watching mark put a ball gag in his mouth Oh my! Which God. we're obviously we going to get to. We are going to have a whole um, ball guy conversation. So anyway, okay. Now we cover. We did body shots. I needed to get that. I was yeah, just yeah. No, we needed to talk about it. It needed to be flushed it, out. I mean, it's establishing itself as a pattern here, so we can't just skip over it. Okay, let's move into Jasmina and Michael. <sighs> this couple really caused me a lot of stress. Jasmina, in particular, we're going to talk about it, but I have to say. Shockingly, by the end of this episode, I have hope for them. Real hope. Like, real hope. Okay. You might have hope, and that's fine. I have hope, too. No, I have hope, too. But this is the second week in a row where the timing of how these episodes have worked out, where Jasmina has really perturbed, and then by the end, saved the ship. And you know what? Some time needs to be spent. Oh, for sure. Hashing We're out. We're not skipping. Okay. I pits. just, that's fine. I just was like, <laughs> she does this thing where she drives you crazy for an hour. Yeah. And then the last 20 minutes, you're like, oh, I like them again. But we need some accountability circle here. Yes, yes, yes. We will. Okay. We are going to do that right now. I okay. just wanted to say an overarching thought. Okay. So first they're doing their questionnaire. What can he do better in marriage and why? She says, so a big theme that comes up in this episode for her is she feels like they are not talking a lot throughout the day. Like 
this, again, we have to take what Jasmina says with a grain of salt. And we've established that in terms of deep conversations, we have a lot of sympathy for Michael because how could someone go deep and be super vulnerable and share some of their like more shadowy sides of themselves or deeper feelings with someone who doesn't make them feel safe to do so because if at any moment they say something that their partner doesn't like, they're going to jump on them, roll their eyes at them, make them feel stupid. So let's, we're keeping that in mind. However, I do think there's something to be said for the fact that Jasmina feels like we're three weeks in. I think that Michael, like we said at the top of the season, he's a very serious guy and he's not a super silly, chatty Kathy unless inspired. And so it's starting to feel like for Jasmina, her issue was like, we're not even talking throughout the day. Like we're coexisting. Like I'm not getting text messages throughout the day. He's not checking in with me, sending me funny stories. Look at this picture. You know, the stuff that is also an important part of the recipe, which is that daily life stuff. So send an emoji, send a gif. How you doing? Send a meme. How's work? LOL, Anything. look at this meme. Um, what do you want for dinner tonight? That kind of shit. Yeah. She, I mean, and it's not that hard for me to believe that he wouldn't be really good at this because he is not good at opening up fast, period, with anyone. And I think that he is always fixated on the big, serious stuff and almost feels like he can't loosen up or lighten up until they figured those things out. Like can we keep having conversations about having conversations about how we have conversations? And it's like, it's a little bit tiresome. I'm sure it's like, where's the fun? Where's the silly? Where's the romance? Like, have you planned a single date for her? I guess. Okay. Addendum. He planned the cute picnic last week and she shat on it. So I take back what I just said, but in daily life, it doesn't seem like we're hearing more references from the other couples to some of their daily life stuff like what Steve is doing around the house for them or for the fact that Katina is making them go out a lot when we're when the cameras aren't there which was an interesting fact or you know what i mean and it doesn't seem like there's a lot it doesn't happening. seem like they're really into yeah like it just feels like they're like coexisting roommates who are really awkward well we've got no hand holding or no, cuddling no. or anything like that so yeah i mean i think his schedule is very busy i can't remember oh, what yeah. she does so it just kind of, yeah, you're right. Roommates, it seems very roommate-esque yes. right now. And he, yeah. So he says he his thing is that he hopes she can listen and understand him and know that he's not her enemy and he isn't against her. And we tell some embarrassing stories. By the end of it, she's very like giggly and like giddy. And I was sort of like, where is this Jasmina coming from? Then we have Dr. Viviana come. They admit that they have zero physical intimacy, not even hand-holding or cuddling. Jasmina's very, you know, she's very rigid about this emotional, mental connection must be fully established before a single pinky can touch another pinky. And I have to say, you know, she says, if I'm not connected with your mind, and bo- with your mind my vagina isn't going to get wet for you which I love how they totally teased us with that in the preview, only the second half. So we thought she was going to say something horrible to him and it wasn't, which I get that. But I think that a great, I think that what they, this couple goes through in this episode is actually a really great argument 
for the opposite of Jasmina's philosophy, which is that the physical component is doesn't need to come first, but it is certainly intertwined with the mental and the emotional connection. I don't think that you can fully separate them when you are talking about romance. And I think that if you try to, you get in the predicament that they are in right now, which is they are a month in, they haven't even touched pinkies, and she's waiting for this like magical, emotional, mental spark to unlock. But with no, when you're all like, what that is, is you're just all in your head then. Everything is in your head. And like your head is not always like, that's not where you feelings and connection live, you know? So I think it's really interesting because their huge breakthrough comes not from another fucking conversation. I mean, this Dr. Viviana moment is definitely growth for them, I feel, but it's still growing pains, right? But then we get to this like um, tantra, yoga, breath work, breathing together, eye contact thing. And suddenly they're a different couple, which I'm like, yeah, okay. So I'm skipping ahead, yes. but I think it's really cool. So I think we all can learn something. Well, from one this. thing that bothered me about this thing, this conversation with Dr. Viv, though, is Jasmina says that you're so stuck on, okay, she's interrupting him Constantly. during this thing. Constantly. You're so stuck on taking ownership of anything, of everything, and I'm not holding anything against you. It's like, but you've been holding his tone against him for the first three weeks. Right. And you're saying you're the only one putting in all the effort? I like know. when he's doing stuff to, I, I, I yeah. she and was Dr. already Viviana, starting to lose me. She calls Jasmine, like she clearly has been watching and she's like, Michael, would you say that in the past, the way that Jasmina has reacted to you when you guys disagree is like holding you back from getting honest and like being more open with her? And Jasmine is a little like, well, what can I do? If I said I wanted to start fresh after the first couple weeks and he doesn't believe me, then what can I do? Now I'm the one trying, you know? She's still very, it's funny because she wants all the vulnerability from him so that then she can be vulnerable. And it's like, it doesn't quite work that way, Jasmina. Like, you've got to give something of yourself too. You can't just be a test proctor, like checking, giving him, docking him points, you know? So I thought it was very telling when he said, I feel like I'm always focused on the issue itself and she's always focused on how I caused the issue. And once again, I mean, they constantly devolve into this petty arguing where she interrupts, she takes one sentence, he says, and like she blows it up and then gets really irritated. She feels like she's the one trying and putting in the effort. He doesn't know how to communicate without saying it wrong. She's, and I just felt like, gosh, you keep moving the benchmarks, you know, she's, Mm -hmm. because then it's when we talk more, then I'll want to do more things. And it's like on its face, that's a fine expectation in a normal dating, whatever. But like in this scenario, like what are you, but it's okay. So you set up the gym. That was your big like gesture. And that was really kind and cool. But like, What are you doing in the day-to-day to, to, you know, cultivate this thing that you're saying that you expect and need? You know what I mean? Are you texting him and he's not texting you back? Right. You know, like, I don't know. No, I don't believe that. So 
It's so confusing, though, because, like, Dr. Viviana does push them in a good direction where she gives them a little bit of just tools of, like, how to speak with each other a little bit better. And suddenly, like, by the end of it, Jasmina's smiling. And I put, wow, like, Jasmina is so, like, when she shows even this tiniest speck of warmth, she is the most, like, endearing sparkly, charming person. And and you totally fall for her all over again. And you're like, oh, see, she can be like this. She can be silly and funny and like roust him a bit and she can have fun. But damn, because she turn on like the ice cold tundra at the drop of a hat. And she is suddenly like so cold and like no one wants to have a conversation with that Jasmina at all, you know, and she can flip it pretty abruptly. Um, so like right away after Dr. Viviana leaves, they start debriefing. They both clearly feel relieved and feel like they've made some headway. And then suddenly we're arguing again because he starts getting into, I think that like writing things down would be really good for us. Doesn't even get to finish the point. Oh, yeah, because Dr. Viv suggests a journal. Yeah, journaling. she was like, you know, if you don't feel like you can get all of your thoughts and feelings out always, it might be a good exercise to journal first. I think she was saying, Michael, journal first so you can get all your words together to say stuff to Jasmina without being freaked out by her. And I feel like she's like, Jasmina, journal all your thoughts and feelings to get all the bitchy stuff out first before you go to Michael. Well, Jasmina is so now fixated on, wait, so you're just not capable of talking back and forth with me? I don't I don't need to journal. You can journal if you want, but I don't need that. And I'm just like, you're being so mean and it was con- It was so condescending. Was That's what like, I wrote. Oh, I mean, you, you can, can write down your thoughts and come you to want. me with your journal. Yeah, if like, you want. But oh my I, gosh. I know how to do, I personally prefer I speak than you speak than I speak. And I'm just like, you are being so patronizing right now. And the whole point is he doesn't feel like he can. I speak, you speak, I speak. Because every time he speaks, you shit on his speak. I know. And, and it's not a back and forth anymore. And then he's trying to explain, listen, this is not about the journal. I will, t- I'm telling you, I do not need to journal. Okay, this annoys me. Okay. He's, yeah, he's he's saying what, it's not about that. Like, it's just about doing this healthily, right? And trying new shit. Yes. She goes, I'm telling you, I don't need to journal. Pause. In the conversation, Michael starts talking and explaining. Oh, I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. <laughs> she interrupts him. I know. She finishes. Michael asks, Are you done? If she's are you done talking? Yes, I'm done. Michael starts talking. She gets up and walks off screen. I know. And she wants adult conversations? I know. Are you kidding me? I know. Me? And this is also after her, like, the most gnarly eye rolling I've ever seen from an adult. Like, truly. And then she's, like, all frustrated out in the hallway. She's just being so unreasonable. She's literally accusing him of all of the shit that's actually her. I feel like it's his way or no way. I can't help but feel like this isn't how it should be. You need to work on really hearing me when I speak. I was like, ma'am, is this, am I living, is this ground, like, upside down opposite day? Like, 
This is insane. But, and we have to like, we're not psychologists, but there has to be something here because we've now spoken about this pattern so many times about so many different couples. Um, This idea of basically accusing your partner of all the things that you're actually are your shortcomings. It's really interesting. I don't know what to make of it. I really, I mean, is it just simply, is that what projection is on its face? But like there seems, there has to be something deeper than that, but I don't know what it means, but it's fascinating because everything she was saying was literally what Michael should have been saying to her. So, yeah, no, I just, all of this was so maddening to me and he's just, he's sitting there in earnest saying, I'll try whatever you want. Whatever, like, and then we get another oh eye well, roll, and she looks away at him. And well, and I'm then just, she says in the hallway, she goes, "I told him I'd try, it, and I told him I'd try it, and he's he won't listen to me." And I'm sitting there like, "What are you talking about, Jasmina? You literally just told him that you would not try journaling." Yeah, it, it's just I. This all confirmed everything for me. Totally team Michael with how with this whole tone with this fight whole tone shit. fight yeah. stuff There's no because secret the what psycho Michael. No. No. <laughs> Does not exist. No. Um yeah, and I was I was just really disturbed by that on alone. And then she comes back in and she's like, I just don't understand. Like I told you I would try anything. I was open, and he's like, uh, I didn't hear that, but okay. She was like, well, not the journaling part, but the speaking part. I'm like, I can't Biatch. have conversations about conversations anymore. It's insane. <laughs> so, yeah, then after all of this, you know, they are kind of like rating oh, where they're at. Right. He says there's he's been at a one or a two, but there's been times where they've been a seven or so. And then Jasmina gets asked the same question by the girls, and she doesn't even want to give it a number. She's, yeah, like, she's like, our last month would shit. have. Yeah, our last month would have to be amazing because we've had a shit month. I've learned shit about shit. And I'm like, okay, so you're still in a headspace. Because if you're saying you haven't learned anything in the last month, then you're not paying attention. Yeah, you're right. She was really not in a good place at that girl thing. She had no hope. Like, she basically is like, I didn't get to know him for the whole first month. So how, you know. Um, But then... Then we flip somehow. Well, we flip because... They get sent on their connection tantric yoga assignment. And I think that this is like truly their turning point as a couple. She, and again, I find it really like, I just think it's like entertaining and interesting that she was so obsessed with her rigid view of what order this relationship needed to go in, right? I will be vulnerable when, blah, and I will touch you when we've accomplished all these other things. And I feel like this yoga is all about connecting to each other's energy and bodies beyond words and thinking. Every couple always needs other. a tantric yoga. Every every I season. I want to do this with you. Yeah, we'll do it after the body shots. I want to do this with you. I think there's like videos on YouTube. Uh, yeah, she's been so in her head that I think she desperately needed this. And again, I think this is a great case for the physical getting out of your head component being really important for romance. She can definitely see herself being intimate with Michael after this. I mean, she is like taken with him after this. Hmm. I feel. Whipped cream. No, no, you're right. I mean, whipped cream in the mouth 
when does that not ever make you laugh and oh yeah that was settle the um tension. she admits so then they do the blindfold exercise which is, this is another one that i love it's like it's funny it's like for all the importance of prolonged eye contact and remembering each other are human and like really connecting on that level there's also some, something to be said for if you're holding back some words thoughts and feelings having a blindfold on can be really freeing to saying what you think. And I feel like this was really good for quite a few couples. And they did this exercise and we finally got Jasmina taking responsibility in this relationship and responsibility for the dynamic at this point. And they, it's like, what do you need on a basic level, I can't remember the whole question, but he says he needs to feel like she is not fighting him on every disagreement for him to trust her. And she finally admits that nothing is ever all just his fault and that she knows that she has probably not created a safe space for him to be vulnerable and that that is important for her to own. And I felt like, I, I just think this shows like, Jasmina's prideful. She doesn't like admitting she's wrong, right? And she's got a very her own rigid set of beliefs about how a relationship should operate and who should be doing all the work. And she basically wants to be like, she wants the other guy to literally do everything. And it's like, she's realizing that's not fair. And that is not a place that doesn't cultivate closeness and reciprocity in a relationship. So I thought that the exercise was like this whole day for them was huge. And she expressed hope. She was smiling nonstop. Suddenly, like she's combing his beard. They're cackling together. They're joking with each other. They're cuddling. I thought it was so funny at the end when she's like, do I get some props for not cutting you off today? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to need to see it over, over He's like, time. Give me a week. I just like that even in jest. She's admitting and owning that she's not perfect. And like even that, she knows she doesn't really deserve props, but it's yeah. also funny. Like, no, she's a corny dork and it's hilarious. And I just was like, they're so cute when they're so cute. Yeah. Like I love them at their best. And I am starting. There's been a lot of couples in past seasons that have actually taken the slow a burn similar route. path. Where the first month you're just like, oh, there's not like what is going on? And it's almost been so slow that you can't see any possibility of them suddenly being in love. But a lot like those couples historically tend to be the most successful because there is this turning point right at this halfway mark. And suddenly you see a totally new level and side to this relationship and those are like couples that are still together today with like fucking kids and stuff they're the crock pot couple not yeah. the not the microwave couple yeah so i do think that there's a lot of hope for them weirdly yeah i know that you were feeling a type of way towards jasmina as i think most people were for a lot of her bitchy behave but like how are you feeling overall now I'm feeling better you overall. You still seem skeptical. I don't know. I don't know. I just agree going through this. I may have just changed my power rankings a little bit. Um, mm. I feel I overall, I need to see it longer. I need to see it more on a long term. Like, 
Well, yeah. Uh, we need to get out You're of saying it's a the taste way. Of hope. Oh no, it's for sure hopeful. It's hopeful. It is hopeful. I'm I'm excited. It made me feel a lot better about everything. Okay. Because I have so much okay. personal stake in this. <laughs> You've been having sleepless nights. Sleepless nights. <laughs> okay, let's move on to Noy and Steve. So Dr. Viviana, we pretty much open with her coming. And, you know, of course, we focus on the communication issues. Because, like, their physical life is clearly not a problem. They've made that clear from day one. Yeah. They have a great sex They're life. Very They're very attracted to yeah. each other. So he brings up communication. She admits that she shuts down when she gets upset. And then we explore why. And it's basically because she has a history of when she gets angry, she feels such extreme rage that her instinct is to basically hurl like the meanest thing she can say to try and hurt her partner. Her journal is her Instagram stories. She needs to <laughs> exactly. turn it into a real journal. Yeah. That's not broadcast, <laughs> that's not to, broadcast to hundreds of people. The people. So she has a habit of doing that, and because she doesn't want to do that, because she loves Steve and she's trying to do something new, basically her solution is to just shut down because she doesn't trust herself to verbalize without being destructive. And I do think this is a little worrisome. This was another area where I felt like the differences in their maturity levels emotion-wise are very apparent. I mean, he just straight up comes right in and is like, yeah, well, it does have to change because this is not sustainable. Yeah. And then we get into, it's like, so it's, she has the right instinct, which is the way I used to do things is wrong. But if you still don't have any tools for how to process your strong emotions, and then your only answer is to shut, like, that is, like you said, it's not sustainable. You can't just shut down. Yeah. And like not, not speak to him for a day, multiple days, etc. Um, but she needs to learn some tools. So it just feels like she's a little bit, I mean, it's not like I feel like every human knows that feeling, you know, but yeah. it's one thing if that happens to you once in a while, and if that is literally how you deal with any negative emotion ever. So, like, Dr. Viviana's like, what do we have to do to build more trust for you to be more honest in real time? Because this is, like, all a big argument for if you would just tell me when you're frustrated as we go, like, eh, can you not do that? Uh, can That's kind of annoying, you know, in real time. Then it never escalates to these massive issues. And then we get... <laughs> Back into the job. God, and she all basically right. is like, I would trust... Him more with my feelings if we had more of a concrete plan for our future and finances. And I'm sorry, I don't buy this. I'm not buying. Well, I just, I think, I think there's she cares things separately. Yeah, I think but there's don't just say that's why you're not saying your feelings. Yeah, no, not at all. I mean, okay, this whole job situation we've alluded into the past. We probably we think Steve might be pretty rich and is not yes. leading with that. Which he, he asks her, do you doubt I'm capable of making money? And she says, well, I don't doubt it, but it's not something I've seen since I've met you. You've been married for three weeks, one of which was on a honeymoon. Then you moved in together. Like, I most know. people really aren't doing a ton of working in this time or, like, depending on your situation. This is, this is the main one. Dr. Viv asks... If you had enough savings, would you be okay with him being a stay-at-home dad? 
Noi says, that's not something I want or ever envision in a marriage. Okay. Those are two different things. Mm-hmm. It want is not, or envision. Want or envision. If that's something that you know that you do not want, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. If you that's something that you've never envisioned considered. or considered, that's something else and we can work on that. Yeah. I felt it was the same way when they had the conversation about kids, when Pastor Cal was asking those questions and yes. he was guiding through. And she'd never considered, never considered. And I'm like, we need to have, we need to broaden our like yes. perspective on how the world works in and a way. And that's and- my one little hiccup with Noi. I mean, there's other things, but in light of this, it's like, wait, are you, why are you shutting this down? Is it because you actively don't want this or you've actually never thought about this? Right. And if you're 30 something years old and have never thought about this, Kind of makes me turn my Look, head a little bit. I, I don't think know. It's like I also think it's probably like fair if you had never really considered. I think it's fine if you'd never considered that because it's less common. Let's be real. No, you're right. It's less common, and that's gender roles as well. You know, and I, it is less common, but to not be open to the conversation in any real way to like explore it because it's posing itself as a real possibility here. Well, and I just think he does a really good job of challenging her in a way of just being like, because she's like, he doesn't want to work. And I'm like, no, you're. Ugh, I just feel like she makes these blanket statements. He's like, it hasn't affected you financially at all, right? She was like, well, no, not yet. He's like, I've been cooking and cleaning and having the house in order, right? And she's like, I just think this all sounds like excuses and we should be equally contributing. And he's like, I haven't seen your equal contribution. He's like, do you want to like maybe try that out first? Because like maybe I don't trust you that you're going to cook and clean because the one time you cooked, you made me mushy noodles and then fucking (laughs) left for a day. And... (laughs) I think that I think he's he's poking at her because he wants her to think about this. Diff- he wants her to just be open. He's an open guy. And he's like, look, you can have your your whatever, your expectations, your thoughts, your beliefs about what you want. But can you just show me that you're willing to have some conversations and really break this down with me as a teammate? Like, let's really look at this. How are our roles playing out in the home? right now. Let's, you know, and again, I put once again, he's rich, right? Because if he doesn't, if he isn't the confidence, like, I mean, we need to be clear that like, right. That's a good word. It's good to revisit this. I, we are assuming assuming the best based on rumors and his energy is so confident. Pair it with like, the fact that he was just able to take six months of his life and live his best life on the road without any financial fears. And then he's now taken on this without any financial fears and seems to keep reiterating that he will never not equally financially contribute, which that's its own conversation too. Let's not pretend that finances is the only way to contribute to a marriage because it's not. That in and of itself is a bit outdated. But if you, you know what I mean? No, but his comment of that, that comment he made about has, have finances been an issue thus far? That kind of tells me he's rich 
Poor yes. people don't say that. But let's remember. I think it's just funny and fun to never forget because we don't know anything for certain yet. If he doesn't have like an insanely robust portfolio savings <laughs> and portfolio, then let's admit that we're all looking at all of these conversations through a different lens. Oh, a thousand percent. We're choosing to view it the other way. And because of that, it feels like Noi is being really unreasonable because there's, let's just be honest. There's a huge difference between someone who is not working, has $0 in the bank account, can't pay bills, and is also not trying to work, right? There's a difference between that person and the person who has achieved a level of financial freedom through like strategy and working really hard and now has the luxury and privilege of maybe not working a nine to five because they've constructed everything in the last 15 years of their life to make way for that. Those are two very different people. Yeah. And that needs to be acknowledged. And I don't think, I mean, I just don't think, and it goes back to like experience. I think in her mind, she has never seen this before. Yeah. A person in their 30s is like, wait, you're not, you don't have any drive for a nine to five? What's going on here? Right. You know, that being said, if I have money in the bank and I'm cooking and cleaning, you're not going to tell anything. Tell me anything. Like I'm doing. Like yeah. Like if you're if you're financially secure and I'm providing for all of your financial needs, and I'm making sure that I'm contributing above and beyond. Above and beyond. Like around no. the house. Yeah. Like you're not going to be able to tell me to do anything. I'm for sorry. For sure. For sure. And. I guess this brings us back to what we brought up last week and the week before, which is like, bro, if you are rich, maybe just tell her, like, tell her, because I think that it's fair, again, back to that conversation earlier about simultaneously committing, being fully open and vetting someone at the same time. I mean, she is, I do believe, everybody is rigid about their own set of things, which is also fascinating, or most of them are. At least each couple has one that is, you know? And I think it's fair for her who, who like, she's very committed to a future with children, which requires money. I think it's fair for her to be concerned that it, like, is my partner, did they not really give a shit about planning in any way for that. And well, I think that, again, if Steve could just be like, babe, I have all of these streams of passive income that are constantly growing when I'm sitting here on the couch, that would really put her at ease. Yeah. Well, also, too, like, there is different levels of wealth, obviously. Yeah. And so, like, he might be extremely in a – or he might be in a spot where he can take six months vacations and do all – but she's, I think – even with the presence of some money, it's like, okay, well, are you, you're not like retired. Are you ever add to are, it? You're yeah. not retired yes. now, are you? You right. know, like, and I think those are fair unless she knows all the D. He obviously hasn't laid out a 10-year plan here, you know. So Which you're like, you're thinking. Like, why are you not just giving her some more like, Steve it's needs time to, to yeah. get into the details It is, a bit. it is, it really is. It is. So both of them, in their own way, have some things that we think need to be dealt with here. But yeah, then they have fun with their sex basket, LOL, to his fantasy of washing each other in the shower with soap. Yeah, Steve's <laughs> fantasy is to scrub noise armpits, is what I gathered from Okay, that. but then he 
is in his interview. And he's like, I am someone who really enjoys helping people fulfill their fantasies. I was like, ah, is this a pastime of yours, Steve? Because I went from thinking your most exciting fantasy was soaping your wife in the shower to like being pretty sure that you have done some weird shit. Maybe that's why he's so rich. He just, on the weekends, every Sex night, parties? he just goes out and fulfills fantasies all over the place. <laughs> I don't know. No, but I thought that that was a little weird. Like, it implied it was just that weirdly, this is like a pastime. It was weirdly stated. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> pastime. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Last. Just last. <laughs> okay. Lindsay and MTS, y'all. It just needs to be set off the bat. We are to the point with this couple where I cringe every time that we start a new scene with them because like it causes me serious stress. I just the I, lack of a filter is like really it's, it's like terrifying. It's really starting to to grate on me. Like it's it's really bothering me. Well, I, and I I'm can't seeing her through his eyes, yeah. which is at this point he is weary. He is, he's not into her. He's over it. He's over her. He, he doesn't, the good times, the little moments where they giggle, they're not enough. And he is just grinning and bearing it. So even like watching him walk into the home and see the cute Nerf gun party set up, he didn't know she was in the closet right there watching him. And you could see on his face, he's like, oh, what is this? His eyes go wide. He's literally like gearing up. Like, here we go. Okay. Effort. Like, it just all hurts I to think, watch. I feel like we're starting to get to the point where she's doing things for shock value. And I'm feeling that way on After Party. Oh, God. I'm feeling. She has to drop a bomb at every after party to make sure everyone knows she's not the worst one in the unit. But it's it's unnecessary. I mean, there's a difference between being, hey, I'm an open book. And like, okay, it opens with this conversation with her friend. Yes. This FaceTime. This felt put on and staged and to me. And it felt really uncomfortable. I'm like, Did it I don't not feel see- staged to you? Like, it, yeah, it for just sure. feel, it felt inauthentic. It was like, I'm going to sit with a glass of wine, FaceTime my friend. And complain about this story. Well, so that she opens by basically saying, so she's pissed. She hasn't, her husband hasn't wanted to have sex with her in two weeks. And she's not, and like his whole thing has been emotional intimacy. Like, I don't want to have sex again until I feel closer to you emotionally. She's like, and then this morning we wake up and he takes off my clothes and then he just does me quick and dirty and I mean, no pleasing me, no pleasing me at all. And I was like, okay, fine. I'll use my vibrator. I can get my needs met. My, my sexual needs were being more met when I was single. And this is so multi-pronged in this moment because I think that she is fucked up and out of line for blasting this right now in this exact way, like you're saying. I think she actually, unfortunately, has a point, like, But I think it's because deep down what we all know is Mark has been using that as an excuse. Bottom line, he's not feeling it with her, period, right? And I actually now, once Dr. Viv came, I was like, I have a theory that he thought, let's just get a quickie over with 
before in time for intimacy meeting with Dr. Viv tonight so that it doesn't look like I'm not trying. 1000% agree with you. Which that's not cute. But no. let's be honest, like yeah, I mean that doesn't like prove your point to Lynn's because the point is you guys have been doing pretty terribly for the last 2 weeks barring a couple meals. Sushi rolls. Yeah, a sushi dinner and you've told her every day like clearly she's been harping on you about it and she really cares about sex and you keep rejecting her saying I need our emotional connection to be further along before I can do that and then you wake up in the morning and just have a quickie with her like that doesn't that doesn't make your point very well bro no because that's and if, again we all know that it's more than that it's like he's over her period but it's like, okay, well, if you're trying to make a point, then maybe be consistent and don't don't have a quickie with her that morning where she gets nothing out of it because she's going to put you on blast. Yeah, and she certainly not, did on a giant ass Mac desktop computer screen. <laughs> yeah. So I awkward. mean, like you got to assume that anything that happens, she's well, you going to use that opportunity yep. to tell someone about yep. it. So she basically is worried about becoming a sexless Sahara. Her friend tells her, you need to tone it down, which was, like, the most that friend gave as far as, like, insight. So then we have Dr. Viv come. And it's, I mean, this is just, like, uh, like nightmarish. So. Can I just make a quick comment? Yeah. The cats in the house are stressing me out. There's just something so gross about five cats I'm not anti-cat. I've had cats in my life. Um, yeah, we're not anti-cat. It's just this, uh, anytime there's like massive amounts of food or anytime there's like food dropped on the floor and you see five cats converge (laughs) on it, it. it's got a hoarder's vibe. Yes, it does. And I'm not saying they're hoarders, but it's just, and one of them's got a shaved tail with a poof on the end. I can't with that one. I just. I really can't. Which one is that? Like, is that Lindsay's or Mark's? I don't know, but I just, I don't <laughs> like watching cats converge on food. You can't make me, like, you can't make me think It's kind that, of similar to seeing a swarm of flies around a person's head or you're like, you immediately associate it with like, do you have poop on you somewhere or yeah. trash? Like there's something that just feels dirty about it. Not anti-cat, but five is too much. Yes. So, Dr. Viv. <laughs> Just like throwing totally kibble. It's like very um, Grey Gardens. <laughs> yeah. It's very totally. Grey Gardens. So, uh. she asks how they feel about the marriage, and they proceed to just cackle. <laughs> this was the episode of Lindsay's cackle and her maniacal cackle that clearly scares the shit out of Mark. And, like, it's warranted to be freaked out by it because it's really intense. So, they laugh, laugh, laugh. And then. And then Mark, his whole summation of the relationship is, I think it's been an interesting few weeks of getting to know someone. (laughs) (laughs) Which I was like, that's a description. And Dr. Viv is basically like, look, we knew there would be fireworks between you two, but we did not know it was going to get this bad. And she does call them out right away and is like, you cannot... Like, the way that you guys have been talking to each other, it's not okay. Like, you guys need to make a commitment to stop it now and, like, forever. Lindsay's being bizarre. I want to know, does everybody think she was drunk at this? Because I got drunk vibes. 
I, did I didn't too. at first, but then like the cup dropped and something else dropped. And then the way that she was speaking, she's like, it's dad. The sex life is dad. And then like she first time wasn't bad. She brings up good sex night one. S- since the second time, it wasn't that good. And they haven't had it since. Dr. Viv was like, well, how was the first time for you? She's like, it was fine. I mean, it was good. I thought he was passionate, but I mean, I didn't get all my needs met, but it did the job. She seemed drunk to me. No, I agree. I, I called it out when we were watching. Yeah. Um, just seemed off. Seemed off for sure. She seemed so off. And then Dr. Viv looks at her. This was very gratifying. If you want to have a good sex life, you need to be stop being so rude when you talk about it. You could tell she's very caught off guard. I think that for me, it was a little weird how we both end up landing on, oh, you both have the same fears. You both feel like the other one doesn't trust each other. You both want the best for each other. You both want to be better for each other. And like Dr. Viv is trying to find some common ground for them, right? And to be like, look, you're actually like the needs you have and like the fears you have are actually more similar than not. And like, that's all well and good. But I put what's not being mentioned is that Mark cannot trust any close vulnerable information with Lindsay because she will throw it at him the next chance she feels put the next time she feels put in a corner. And I just, I feel like there was something to this commonality that Dr. Viviana was finding for them, but I don't think it told the whole story. And I felt like Mark was sitting there with the dialogue inside of his head. Like, yeah, you only know the half of it. Yeah. You know? Well, maybe Viviana knows more than Mark does because I'm sure she's seen he oh, she's seen she's, the bowling alley yeah, footage yeah. and he hasn't heard all that yet. Yeah. So I mean she just says again, like you cannot be hurtful to each other. You guys hit below the belt and you can't. You cannot do that. It's not a way to continue. I just I don't know. I didn't get a ton out of this this Viv conversation. I thought that Dr. Viv said some good things, no, but she I did. And I don't think it's her fault. I just, I didn't feel like, I think we were all looking of course to Lindsay the most to see like, what does she really receive and take in that is like really her fault or her responsibility. I don't really feel like she did. Yeah, I agree. So, Oh, and so that's when we get the cute nerf game set up and like, He's freaked out by her. Like, she thinks that, that they are having the apps. I think this is the one part that makes me, like, cringe and feel secondhand embarrassment on Lindsay's behalf. Is she thinks they're having the fucking time of their life. She is maniacally giggling. She is, like, serious about this Nerf game, which needs to be said is probably your dream at home date. And yeah. I should take some notes. No, here's the thing. I don't think anyone wants to, like, walk through the door after work or I'm assuming he's coming from work or the gym <laughs> and be handed a Nerf gun and be like, chase me. Like, yeah, I don't, I just, it is a lot. It's like a lot. it looks fun, but it's got to be done in the right way. I think she's literally scaring him though. And he's like, <laughs> he says so he's just not in it. And like, it's weird. Cause when you watch them in action playing and he's not commenting on it, he looks like he's having some fun, but then you get him in the interviews and he's just like, uh, yeah, it's kind of a lot. I kind of like to come home to some peace and quiet. There's not much of that here. <laughs> oh, yeah, her laughing was kind of freaking me out. <laughs> like, and you're just like, oh, dude, like, this is so far gone. Like, he's to the, he doesn't see anything really cute or endearing. 
she thinks when they're laughing and having fun, that is like, that's the best part of their relationship that's keeping them together. And she literally says it multiple times. The best part is when we're just laughing together. Oh, I could just laugh with Mark. And it's like, I think that 80% of the time you're the one cackling and he's laughing with you, but like forced laughing, you know, to like keep you happy. And like part two is them with the sex basket. He's like, in the interview, he's like, I like, like intimate, soft, romantic sex. Not all. (laughs) (laughs) I love how he he says, um, uh, where, where is it? Sorry. Oh, the point of this game is to be intimate without speaking. That's great for me. Yeah. He's like, oh, that's great for me. I love that. I love the silence game. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, you would want me to put latex on my head. Oh, you would want me to have the ball gag. <laughs> and he's just like, he doesn't like any of this. And I don't think that he can quite surrender to it because, again, he's not in love with her. And he's really kind of freaked out by her. And she takes the joking with the sex basket to such a new level. like. Here we just saw the benefits of true surrender and commitment to an exercise like staring into each other's eyes. So they were given the fun sex basket, but then they were also given this silence game where it's like, show me how you like to cuddle best. Look into my eyes for 30 seconds. These things are actually supposed to be sweet and not jokes, right? Like, if anything, the sex basket is for after. Like, do that after and, like, chortle around with it and show each other whatever. Step one shouldn't be, let's put the ball gags in our mouth. Oh, my God. So they literally do the eye contact game, which is supposed to bring you closer together romantically with the ball gags in their mouths. And he hates it. Everything about Everything about ball gags, I hate. I hate how they they sound. I hate, I hate, like, (laughs) just calling it a ball gag is annoying. (laughs) It's upsetting. I don't like how, it's just, The way it looks The way, I just, no. I'm never going to be turned on by anyone with that in their mouth. I just can't, and Mark's, I mean. And he, like, is doing it it especially incorrectly. It's sticking in front of his (laughs) shark teeth. It's like, just, oh my gosh, like. Okay, but wait. Best quote, which I hate to give her any laughs, but (laughs) Mark looks like a pig in a Polynesian buffet that didn't quite get the apple stuffed in his mouth right. (laughs) I'm like, God, leave it to Lindsay that even when she's telling what's supposed to be like a funny joke about her partner. I mean, look, she wasn't wrong at all. And it feels like there's something cruel and maybe even offensive by, about that. And I don't know exactly what, but just really, <sighs> you just called your partner a pig in a Polynesian buffet. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, like she just can't just... help herself, you know, and that's her. She thinks she's just being funny. It's just like you. I think we've said this before. She hasn't earned it. You haven't earned the right to like say jokes at your partner's expense yet. You know what I mean? Like that comes much later when there is so much trust established and like sense of humor sussed through on both sides and like really feel, you have to feel super, super safe and major trust has to be there for there to be some freedom to kind of like, you know, give each other a hard time at that next level. Like you look like a pig in a buffet. (laughs) oh my gosh Mark you know what him he was a 
a trooper. I mean, he's got this ball gag on. He puts on the the candy thong thing. Oh my god! And takes his shirt off and he lets really Lindsay take a, a Polaroid of him. I was like, Lindsay, that is the last person you want with compromat against you. <laughs> Compromot. It's so true. But again, then Lindsay is brings it up in the after party and is like, oh, then don't worry. After the cameras left, he got so into it and he wanted to like model it. And I took like a shit ton of photos. And then I just get confused. I'm like, is this Mark reacting way after the fact? After he's like, F that crazy biatch? Like, I don't know. I need to get way more background on Mark so I can understand Lindsay in this relationship yeah, because there's so much going on that it from Lindsay's mouth, there's so much going on with Mark off camera. And I don't know. I just don't, it's hard to believe. I have it's a game right believe. now that we're going to play really quickly. Oh, a game. Okay. It's called dolphin or person. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Hey, you can tell that he was so uncomfortable with her dolphin laugh. Was that audio of Flipper, the movie? Could be. Right? Couldn't <laughs> it have been? It could have been. Ugh. I just felt like she was like unhinged in this whole section. And then like the next thing is write down an affirmation of your partner. And she takes the edible pen and proceeds to write on his forehead. Oh. Driven, by the way. But so I'm just weird. like, you're being psychotic. Like, you're literally being psychotic. Like, uh, you're supposed to write an affirmation on a fucking piece of paper. Nothing. Like a normal yeah. person. You forced him to have the ball gag in his mouth. You've been laughing maniacally since the game started. You took, what do you call it? Comprimat? <laughs> <laughs> Also known as um, blackmailing photos. And now you're writing the affirmation in weird jelly pen on his head. It's There's nothing cute about it. There's nothing validating she, she about it. She She's turned, literally psycho giggling through the whole okay. thing. I just, I, it's not cute for me. I didn't even realize that because I was typing and I like looked up and I'm like, why is there like goo on goo words on Mark's head? And it realized that it was supposed to be an affirmation. Yes. She turned him into a piece of word art. I'm literally like speechless, but clearly not. I'm clearly the opposite of that. Oh, but my with gosh. my discomfort. And then after everything, her like. She's you literally got, delighted. You got to woo me, babe. I oh! need to be wooed. I need There's to be no wooed. Woo. There's, There's no, no woo. There's no woo. Okay. Which we need to talk about this really quickly before we close them out. So at Girl Ariel Yoga. Areola yoga. Lindsay brings up she isn't feeling wooed at all. You know, again, we're getting the same story we've been hearing now, which is like the last two weeks have sucked. He's fully pulled back. We had sex. Now he doesn't want to have sex. And so she talks about it whenever she can. And yeah, she brings that up. And then she's like, I mean, I'm used to being wooed. <laughs> Let me tell you, I'm used to being wooed by big fish. Some big fish, and you know, and I was like, wait a second. I thought 
all of the guys before were just pure assholes. And then she brings it up again, but I just died over, then she brings it up to Mark in bed. But I just died over like, just so you know, people want me, okay? And and like, I understand like the human childlike um, instinct. Like if you're not feeling desired and wanted persistently over time, it can sort of bring up some of those feelings of like, do you know that I'm a catch somewhere, you know? But the way that she does it is just so like, I've been wooed by big fish, just so you know. Real men, real men, big fish. Marlin. Like big old big Marlin. <laughs> oh, stupid. So. Okay. Oh, and Before then. Before we go. Oh, go. He makes a point to say right after the interview, he's like, she says she wants to be wooed. And that she's been wooed by all these people before, but they had breathing room from Lindsay. I'm with her 24-7. Yeah. Like, and I get where he's like, it's a little hard to want to woo someone who's constantly taking a shit on your face. And that's fair. Yeah, it is fair. (sighs) He's so tired. And I put, didn't he just take her to sushi like a few nights ago? Like three nights ago? But whatever. I mean. Who knows what woo means. This couple, there is no way they are still together. Absolutely no way. Okay, we do need to. Were you going to bring up what came up in After Party, yes. though? What are our, what do we think okay. of this? So, for everyone who watched our After Party, if you watched, you know. Apparently, Lindsay, because what she loves doing is dropping bombs yep. at After Party, says, oh, well, you know, Mark was sliding into Alyssa's DMs. So, Which then was like a hold the phone moment. Like, what the hell are you like, talking oh, about? Shoot. You know, well, it turns out that really what's happening is Alyssa wants to make herself like present still, even though. That was rich to hear that she was showing up to the complex every day. She was day. showing up to the complex. She wants oh! to make herself present. Mark. I kind of, wait, can I say a quick tangent? Go. Hold. I think the best revenge on Alyssa for that is rather than show it on camera, the producers and editors, the best way to make her like feel bad is to not show any of it. Yeah. Because no, all great. she wanted, if she was really showing up every day, it's pretty nuts that we're not seeing that. And I think it's hysterical that they're like, you know how we could really get to her is not show it at all. Because all she cared about was being on camera. Okay, go back. Okay. Here's my takeaway. Um, if your wife doesn't like someone and has valid reason not to like that person mm-hmm. and it is not a good look, you shouldn't be no. bending over backwards to be nice. No. That being said, it's completely harmless. When you say sliding into DMs, that may, it gives this connotation that Mark Flirting. is trying to flirt and get with Alyssa. Sure. That is not happening. He was asking about how she was doing. Like he, he, she, Lindsay admitted that he just he said the reason why is because he wants to be. He's a people pleaser and wants to be liked by everyone. Okay. Mm-hmm. That so all you that think being it's purely said, innocent, huh? So you think it's purely innocent? I think so. I, I have more of an issue with. I the think point, it's weird. It, it, it's weird. I'm not saying it's okay, or I think it's weird, but I have more of an issue with you, Lindsay, 
deciding that sh that you need to throw this out on after party because you're throwing it out for a reaction. It's it's she's throwing it out probably because people are coming for her so hard. Exactly, on the and it and it's like if this was a real okay, if you guys were, she's constantly wanting to be like you guys only know the half of it. Exactly, you know? and you know he's a bad guy too. I just don't. I think it's a moot point. I think that the, it's immature to be to, to to talk about it in this way. I think that it this should be something that you guys would handle together. Which like or this bringing this some... up is re more of a reason why I don't think they're together. Exactly. I was gonna say if they're still together, the way that she is on after party is like beyond unacceptable. But that's, I do, and not like we would put that past her to be beyond unacceptable, but I really, really, really believe they are so not together that she, I mean, she feels like she has nothing to lose. I might as well tell everybody stuff that they aren't going to see because he, he does look like, compared to me, he looks perfect and he certainly wasn't. And so why not? I, I, I don't, I'm not protecting him anymore. He shouldn't have done it. He shouldn't and have done after it. he... Well, I guess she wouldn't have known this at the time after he exposed 2.5. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Now, I mean, let's 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 put things into perspective for a moment. Mark is not blameless here. Okay. We are not talking about a like Chris situation with Chris and Alyssa. Yeah. Like Mark has done Chris and Lindsay would have been a good match. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe in some weird he might way. Have been yeah. able to like just handle her better and not be so like crumpled by her. He, you know, he, Chris he talks about how he bullshit. wasn't so, he like has the thickest skin out of everyone. So yeah, maybe, I don't know. Um, probably would have been a better fit. Yeah. But I don't know. Mark, Mark is not blameless. Mark has done some things that cross the line. Um, this is one of them. Be more because it's someone that your wife, like, that's not okay. Like you're supposed to be on her team, yeah. you know. And so, but her airing it is just immature from in my mind. I think mm -hmm. it's stupid. I mean, I'm here for any extra deets, to be honest. But yes, it's clearly a habit, and there's a reason behind it, and it's funny and interesting to think about. Just, who do you think this serves right now? Her, I, I'm getting it's so over her feeling herself at after party. Yeah, and, she's really and and sitting back there and like you girl, you guys don't know half the story. Let me tell you this: like it's like her goal is to get everyone to go what? Yeah, and I'm over it. I'm done. Like let's, I need a couple weeks yeah. off of her at after party, please. I do have to say, <laughs> I died at <laughs> the statement. So she's like chore play, and Keisha's like, "What's that?" And she was like, "Oh, it's like, you know, foreplay." Like your person doing chores for you and having everything beautiful when you get home can be like a form of foreplay. And she says, I mean, that's what really gets my basement flooded. Yeah. See, <laughs> I'm sorry, no. but I have never heard such a creative verbal poem about or expression as a way of describing undercarriage moisture. <laughs> undercarriage moisture. Here's the thing. Basement That's funny. Flooded. You know what? I'm I'm over oh it. Oh my though. god! You can't even laugh at a single phrase she says. No, I, I mean it was funny and kind of endearing and hilarious the first you know no, no, few weeks. Yes. And I'm over it now. We're tired like, of her, but it was a great phrase. I have to say. Power rankings. Okay. Okay. Coming in at number four, I have Mark and Lindsay. 
mm-hmm. in the basement. <laughs> in, the in the dry basement. In the dry basement. <laughs> um, three, I have Michael and Jasmina. Okay. Two, I have Katina and Olajuwon. Okay. And one, I still have Noy and Steve. Okay. That feels fair. Yeah. I, I could have had some some go between between two and three. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I could hear the argument of Jasmine and Michael being second and Katina and Olajuwon being third. Mm-hmm. But I'm really just setting it up. My power rankings are a little bit of a setup for next week. Oh. So stay tuned. I do have to say the preview for like the rest of the season. I cannot wait for group trip. I totally forgot about group trip. And the fights in the future. I'm already stressed. Yeah, it's it was weird. So I mean, we know fights. that Katina and Olajuwon are going to like get into some stuff. The stuff with Michael and Jasmina, you could be argued that it was cut up interestingly. Like, obviously, mm. there's some conflict, but some of the things that get said, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if we have a little bit of our like a fake, fake you out yeah, type yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's I'm a lot. To I it. see some oh, yeah. like a lot of screaming, tension. yelling, tears. Great television, not so great. For them. <laughs> okay. This was a jam-packed week. Oh, my cup overfloweth with drama. I need a breather. <laughs> but I hope that you guys, we hope, how dare I, I, we hope Thank you. that you have a lovely ass weekend, that you enjoy the pod, share it with your friends and fam. Um, like and subscribe. Find us on social meds. Take a body shot. Take a body shot. Tell us how it goes. Um, oh yeah, keep your eyes out for some polls. We are gonna pull the shit out of you guys this weekend. I can't <laughs> wait. I can't wait for some juicy answers in relation to these sex baskets. Okay, have a great week. Can't wait for next week. Talk to you then. Bye. Bye.